Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to the Incession Film Podcast Extra Film segment for April 16th, 2014. I'm J.D. Duran. And I'm Matthew Stewart from Simplistic Reviews. Matthew, thanks for joining us once again. You and DJ were on just a couple weeks ago, I guess. And now I got you guys back, or I got you back anyway, as it's... we're going to be reviewing Dom Hemingway for this extra film segment, which should be fun. Uh, be- Dom Hemingway. I know. I can't, <laughs> wait, can't wait to get into it. Uh, before we do, though, uh, let us know exactly where you're from, uh, where people can find you on the internet, and just let us know how your week was. All right. Well, uh, as we said before in previous uh, podcasts with you, JD, uh, we're Simplistic Reviews. Uh, myself, DJ, and our other uh, co-patriots, uh, Justin, who's now relocated to the West Coast. Yeah, Yes, he's uh, living uh, in, in La La Land now. Well, a little outside of La La Land, he's like in nice. Palm Springs. So, oh, but oh, he, very fine. but he's re- relocated from the East Coast to the West Coast, and so now he's our West Coast uh, correspondent, if you will. I guess. There you go. Keeping an eye on Hollywood for you. He has to. I mean, somebody <laughs> has to. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, nice. but uh, we're simplistic reviews. Uh, the long and short. I mean, you can find our stuff at. Um, simplisticreviews.blogspot.com you can follow us on Facebook uh, facebook.com backslash simplisticreviews uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, srblogspot.com those are our three main uh, areas to uh, contact us uh, I mean I'm sure we'll get into it later on I don't want to plug it too much but uh, sure. th- this week I'm still trying to get back into, into normalcy uh, last week I was in Cancun for a bachelor party, so oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know uh, stuff got a little not, not too crazy. I was I had to be the responsible one for the most part, but sure. uh, those uh, those Mexicans they like to water down their liquor. I don't know why <laughs> that they keep drinking and drinking and drinking, nice. and uh, you don't get drunk for some reason. Just, I think it's or I'm a raging alcoholic, which yeah. might be the <laughs> case as well too. <laughs> So <laughs> I don't, I got my not going to Mexico, but I got my bachelor party coming up in just about a month. So ooh yes, JD's getting married, ladies. So it's off the market. <laughs> it's so. off the market. That's right. All those girls, your dreams are crushing right now. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it though. I will say though, real fast before we get into it, that I think today I realized that I missed my call as an actor. We you were tell. we were shooting this video at work. Which is, I can't wait to see the final product. It's going to be the cheesiest, dumbest thing of all time for sure. But we had a blast making it, and I bet you I have enough Vine videos to last me for the next three months. It's tons of <laughs> entertainment. And, but it was awesome. I was proud of myself. We, we you could, you could be the next Vine superstar. <laughs> could be. I mean, JD Duran on Vine. Check oh, it out. Yeah. We were having a good time with these clips anyway. They were pretty, <laughs> pretty hysterical. But anyway, speaking of hysterical, we have a, a fun character to talk about here, Matthew. So uh, let's get into it. And 
Listening to the Incession Film Podcast Extra Film Segment. Matthew, they should study it in science class because it defies nature. They should give it the Nobel Peace Prize. I think it's a fucking work of art. Like a Renoir or a Picasso. The painting of my cock should hang at the Louvre. They should study my cock in art classes. Spend whole courses studying the splendid contours of its exquisiteness, don't you think? They should also study my cock in science class because it defies nature. My cock is hard. It's metal, it's steel, it's titanium. It does not break, it does not weaken. My can stand all day like a good soldier trying to impress his superiors. If Mike could win a medal, it would. If they could name a school after it, it should. All right. Dom Hemingway is written and directed by Richard Shepard and stars Jude Law, Richard Grant, Damien Bashir, and a few other people as well. All right, Matthew, let's get into it. Obviously, we're going to have to start with that opening montage at the beginning, which is what the clip was all about. Yes. <laughs> so so <laughs> let's start there. This has got to be one of the best intros to any movie I've ever seen. I didn't expect it at all. And it's one cut, one take. Yeah. And it's it's Jude Law, pretty much as you've never seen Jude Law before. This yeah. is a uh, I, I actually wrote a review about this earlier on today. And sure. I like. I'm sure we'll talk about it later on in the review too, but I think that every British actor needs to do at least one of these movies in their career, or <laughs> yeah. they can't be taken seriously yeah. as a British actor. It's it's, yeah. it's it's mandatory in the in the United Kingdom yeah. now. You have to do a movie like this from now on. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that whole well, well and I guess I'm gonna have to spoil it. So this this do it <laughs> this this opening montage. Well, first of all, let me let me let me backtrack. Let's let's set up basically where he's at because that's I guess kind of important. And because ba- yes. basically what this story is is it's all about Jude Law's character, and he's in prison for twelve years for not writing out his boss who was doing illegal stuff. But yeah, Mr. Be- Fontaine. Yeah, but because he kept his mouth shut, he stayed in prison for twelve years, even though he probably could have gone out in two, three, four years, something like that. Mm-hmm. This is the tail end of it, but. The opening scene is Jude Law's character in prison getting some fellatio services done 
And for about four or five minutes straight, like you said, one take, he's essentially talking about how amazing his male parts are, essentially, is what's going on. And it's some of the best uh, dialogue I've ever heard, especially when referring to that area. And like you said, his performance is just so boisterous and it's just out there and it's one of the craziest performances we've ever seen. And uh, I haven't laughed like that, especially from like Jude Law. I just feel like when I think of Jude Law, I don't think of a character like this. And Not at all. <laughs> and so the way that he brings it here is just so intriguing and captivating. And I, I, it was just gripping the entire time. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I, I mean, it puts anything I could ever say on our podcast to shame. I can't even go that <laughs> crazy. I could try maybe next time. Yeah. I might have to do yeah. a little bit of a uh, like a salute to Jude Law in the next one or something like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, when you think of Jude Law, you think of nice guy, Alfie, uh, yeah. the guy in Closer who's a wimp, uh, yeah. um, Dr. Watson. Yeah, you know? exactly. This is, it's probably the closest thing to Dr. Like if, if – Dr. Watson was a womanizing scumbag criminal. <laughs> yeah. That's... This is who you would get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It... And it's, 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 it's shocking. It really gets your attention right away. Like, wow, it's just like, this is how the movie's going to be the entire time. And, yeah. you know, it throws you some curveballs. But, I mean, for the most part, it's a really interesting way to get somebody's attention. I mean, cause oh, yeah. per- personally, I didn't know anything about this movie. I had heard of Dom Hemingway, but I didn't really know the backstory story of it i didn't know this, uh, anything really sure. what was going sure. on and so to have that be my first impression of a movie i was like wow okay i i kind of like where this is headed a little bit yeah it kind of reminded me of bronson with tom hardy very much it yeah, was it, very much in that kind of vein and the character is just kind of this selfish boisterous kind of you know all about himself kind of character and it very much had that feel the whole movie did. I, I felt like it itself. And it's it definitely a character piece yeah. on this character in this time of his life. And like you said, to me, the entire first act I thought was captivating. Because even once he gets out of prison, you know, that's when he meets up with, uh, what was it, Damien Bashir's character, I think. And, he, yeah, and even Dick, uh, Dickie, his former Dickie, partner. Yeah, yeah, he meets uh, up. You meet up with him first. Yeah, 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 okay. So, yeah, he meets up with Dickie first. And in, even when they first meet, he's still kind of being this outlandish character and he's wanting to make up for lost time. So he gets all these women <laughs> and drugs and alcohol and just binges for three days. And yes. then they, they go on this train ride to like, I feel like death. <laughs> yeah, which, and all of that was still hilarious. And right away you get, okay, well, this guy is obviously very unlikable. He doesn't treat people very well, but he's got that personality that is just absolutely, Half-like. yeah, just so <laughs> captivating. And I loved it. And even once they meet up with his boss at this fancy mansion or whatever, I mean, just everything just seems to escalate further and further and yeah. to me, I thought that was enjoyable. To me, it was it was probably right after the party there when they kind of go away from the mansion. I think that's where things started to go downhill for me a little bit. Yeah, same thing with me. You yeah. know, that I felt like that was a little dry. The middle of the movie gets a little bit muddled. I think the performances are still there, but I felt like the story was lost a little bit. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, the whole movie is Jude Law. This is his sure. baby. This yeah. is his vehicle. And whenever he's on screen, which he is like 95% of the time, he st- wants you to continue watching the film to see where he goes. Cause yeah, sure. He gets to that point after the party 
where, like you were saying, I think it gets muddled. I think there's some plot holes that kind of bother me a little bit. Sure. Story-wise, it's a, it's kind of weak on the whole. I mean, I didn't think much of the story. It's basically a, a guy who gets out of prison, wants what he wants after 12 years in prison from his boss. Things go south. And suddenly he's trying to reform himself, but at the same time still wants sure. a criminal lifestyle. So it gets a little weird. But you want to see Jude Law act insane. You, you want to you keep – this is his – like you said earlier, it reminds you a lot of Bronson. Yeah. And even though Bronson, it wasn't like a, a – like Tom Hardy's performance makes the movie. The story itself, it's it's ho-hum. It's, it's an okay story, but sure. nothing that great. But you want to – keep seeing you you want to see a big personality on this on the screen and that's what keeps you going throughout the entire because the movie's not that long it's only about an yeah, hour and a half sure so it's, yeah. it's a it's a breeze to get through for me i think where i'm sitting with this movie and i think it's one of those movies that i think time will kind of tell how much you really fall into it much like inside lewin davis was for me last year when i first saw it mm-hmm. i didn't really care for it a ton but the more it sat with me and the more it lingered the more i was able to kind of really start to like that character in that movie much more. And I kind of feel like that's how I've been with this movie a little bit. Cause like you're saying, there's not much of the story to grasp onto except the character, which is what it's all about. Much like inside Lewin Davis, much like Bronson, yeah. as we mentioned, I will say though, as much of the middle is not very good and it's just kind of all over the place mm-hmm. to me. I think the third act takes a turn that I really enjoyed because it kind of goes from, this comedic take on pride and self glory to a more serious character piece about his daughter and how his feelings are and how all of that just kind of is cathartic all in one moment where he meets, he meets his daughter. It's great. His grandson too. his grandson. We find out that his ex wife who he still thinks he's married to like the whole divorce thing doesn't right. Doesn't really quite hit him, but she died when he was in prison. And so Mm -hmm. All of those emotions just kind of come out in this third act. And to me, when it took that turn, I was really on board because we still get the main meat of that character. But now mm-hmm. we have a little bit more depth and meat to chew on, which I really enjoyed. I, I like that. I mean, and you get glimpses of it when he's at Fontaine's mansion that you see that he's sure. upset. You see yeah. that he's lost 12 years of his life. And he yeah. kind of unloads in a very, you know, uh, not gratuitous way, but like in a very visceral way at Fontaine and you're kind of like worried for him like is this guy gonna maybe eventually rat on his on the guy he protected for 12 years and waste all those 12 sure. years for nothing yeah so you see glimpses of that but then you see everything drug fueled after that so you kind of forget about it a little bit but I love the juxtaposition where you have the the opening scene where it's like him at his most primal him at his most like oh, I have the yeah. biggest you know what <laughs> Yeah, and then his pride is sky then, high at that moment. Yeah, and then yeah. you have the part where he's at his wife's grave, and you see like the most like a very sincere, completely different person. And I thought that was amazing to go from one extreme to the other. Yeah, yeah, and it it was beautiful. I mean, at that part, it was like, wow, that's 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 a kind of a beautiful scene to see where this guy has gone from to sure. like weeping at a tombstone of his wife and yeah uh it's it's great i, I love that that's probably my second favorite part outside of the first the opening scene yeah i was i was just <laughs> I, I was just about to say that i think for me as much as i love that first scene that could that's arguably my favorite part of the of the movie because i i feel like that's where we really get to where his heart is and when we get to the gravestone 
we get to see the human aspect of this character. And to me, I think that's the most important thing here. And I think that's why I was so drawn to it because as a man, a lot of the time our pride can take over. A lot of the time we want to portray ourselves as I'm this manly man who has the biggest thing in the world. Right. And we try to put that, uh, that kind of hard shell out on the surface, but really if you peel back those layers, we want what everyone else wants, right? We want to have a wife, which he does, and we obviously see that he cared for. We, you know, we want to have children, which he obviously cares for. You know, the grandson, as you mentioned earlier, and yeah. in that moment, all of those emotions just kind of flow out. And Jude Law's performance there absolutely sells it. And to me, I think that's truly what this character is he just kind of masks his emotions a little bit differently than most people do, uh, which is yeah. what makes the character compelling. It's like any, every man has their ego and, and this guy's ego is off the chart, obviously. But uh, like we were saying, like he, he is a human. We're all humans. We all have emotion and like he has his two di- completely different sides of his emotion, both sure. the, yeah. the, the ego. And then you have this like, just man at, at his heart where it's like, yeah, I had a family. I had a, uh, I had a daughter. I, I still have a daughter, but I haven't seen her in 12 years. And I missed out on so many different things in, in my, in my life. And it was all because of my pride of not, sure, you know, doing what was, was probably right. But at, at it's like uh, another juxtaposition to that is also, he was also doing it to protect his family. Yeah. So it's a guy mm-hmm. caught in the middle of like a really horrible situation. One, yeah. well, he's a he's a criminal. So of course, you know, you're going to have to make these hard choices. Do you pick pride for yourself and protection for the guy who employed you, or do you pick sure. safety for your family? So at at the heart, it is like a very you feel when you really get down to the bare bones, you feel for this guy because he really had no choice yeah. in the matter. It was either I rat on you and I could die, my family could die, or I lose. My, I lose my family for 12 years and hopefully when I get back, everything's fine. But yeah, it, it, it's like, it's a guy that's been stripped of everything. It uh, is. When you really think about it. Absolutely. And you see it also come out when he goes to meet his boss as well. Cause he's mm-hmm. so motivated to get what is owed to him. Money. Because, yeah. At, at, at the root of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, you know, even though there's the human side of it and I love where that goes, but ultimately you know, he feels like he's owed something, you know, because yeah. he, he did sacrifice his family. And because of that, uh, yeah, you better pay up because there was a lot of changes that happened while I was gone. And I did this so that way your butt would stay out of jail. And, mm-hmm. and I love to see the contrast there. And without giving it away, there's, there's some elements that kind of go on where it changes. It goes from being all about what's owed to me to, there's something a little bit more than just the money aspect of it. Although that's a big thing. And I, and I think it's that yeah. contrast that makes it exciting for me, even though the story is a little messy. It's mm-hmm. it's like, like you're saying, there's, there's two different sides of this character for sure. And yeah. at times when they hit it, when, when the director here, when he gets to those moments, it's brilliant. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It, it takes some unexpected turns. I mean, not, not completely unexpected because I, I do it got to a certain point where I think it was going to get to a redemption story at at a certain point in sure. this movie. But uh, I like the uh, little side story with uh, him and his uh, former uh, not not 
not his boss, but a guy that he hated son who's now a, like yeah. a mob boss, basically. Sure. And I like that little part. I mean, I think it was like a good escape. I mean, granted, it didn't really make sense in the whole scheme of things. But uh, it was a good little kind of like side. It was almost like a little tangent that they took that I thought was – it was more entertaining. It's like we need to inject yeah, more humor. Exactly, yeah. This is getting too serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that scene yeah. where he's having to open the safe in like yeah. 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> Brilliant. Exactly. It's, it's so like, I'm going to have another point. It's like, oh, take a <laughs> yeah. it, it, I mean I thought that was really yeah. funny. Um, granted, Amazing. it didn't make sense in the yeah. scheme of things, but I sure. thought it was a good little kind of like – Hey, let's get away from the seriousness to kind of like yeah. bring it, it back to this guy again. Yeah. Yeah. It at least gave him the stage to be that boisterous character. Yeah, once again. again. It's like, I missed yeah. him. Where, where did he go? He's too serious now. He's trying to like meet his daughter. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was I thought that blend was at least done well, even though it, like you said, the story wise, it's like, well, this doesn't make sense. But yeah. from a character standpoint, it's <laughs> this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what, like you said, that's what makes the movie though. It's it's just this character and Jude Law's performance within the context of it is what's amazing, and it's what'll mm-hmm. make you have fun with this movie for sure. Yeah, his character, it, it's a memorable character. It ranks up there with, like you said, Bronson for Tom oh, Hardy. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, ben Kingsley's character in Sexy Beast. Yeah, uh, it, it's such a not a different character. Even uh, James McAvoy in the Filth, uh, the new James McAvoy movie, where it's not something you would you'd expect out of a uh, Jude Law. But it I, isn't. I, yeah. I, I want to see more of that Jude yeah. Law. I don't. I don't want to see whiny Jude Law or something like that. I want to see like this visceral. <laughs> exactly. If he could be consistent at this, yeah, give me more of this for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other thing I just want to mention real fast is that I thought, from a movie perspective, just getting away from Jude Law for a moment here, I thought the music was really yes. great it was definitely a highlight of the film as well there's some really great soundtrack pieces as well uh rolf kent did the score here i thought he had one of the more underrated scores of last year uh with out of the furnace i think he was fantastic in there and and again a really solid score here is like i said blended really well with uh some other musical songs as well uh but yeah the, the music overall is just it's fantastic and used really well Definitely. I love the way it was used. I, I loved uh, the use of like uh, in a big country. I thought that was great. Yes. I love the I love the the use of the baser at the very end. I, I mean, I love the Pixies regardless, but sure. to hear a Pixie song in a movie always gets me really excited as well too. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, completely agree. So, very good stuff here. All right. Well, any final thoughts? And what grade would you give Dom Hemingway? Hmm. Uh, Final thoughts. Uh, I thought Jude Law, if there's any reason to see this movie, it's because of Jude Law. Uh, the story is a little murky. It goes in kind of some weird directions. It's not always very, uh, it's not a very stable movie. Uh, but Jude Law is, pay your admission or whatever you want to do. You want to pirate it. You want to do whatever you want to do to go see Dom Hemingway. Uh, but see it because of Jude Law because it's not something you've seen out of him before. And he pulls it off fantastically uh, but overall outside of his performance i had some problems i uh i thought richard grant was pretty good i thought he was good as his partner dickie i like damien brashear i thought he was fine in the time he was in it uh, amelia clark's she's uh, amelia clark she's also in it. you know her from uh, game yeah. of thrones she's sure. a daenerys targaryen she's okay i mean she doesn't really do a lot for me to begin with but uh she's fine in her limited time but i mean i think it's i think it's shot very well I like the kind of homages to other British cinema. I like the kind of a uh, clockwork orange scene when they're racing in the car. I thought yeah, that was really cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah. that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, overall, it's it's a B minus for me. Uh, it's not it's not the best movie, but it's uh, it, it's got enough performances to really get up to that B minus. So very nice. Uh, much like you guys, when we were talking about Noah the last time you guys on, were on, you guys thought even though the script kind of lacked some places in that movie, what was good about that movie made up for the bad parts for you guys in that film. And I think that's kind of how I feel about Dom Hemingway. The script. In the middle part, it, like like we mentioned, is very messy. But for me, Jude Law's performance and this character is just a ton of fun, regardless of where he's at within the story. I just I love seeing him on screen. He was just absolutely gripping from beginning to end. And like I said, even though the first act is more fun and we're getting to know the craziness of this character, for me, the third act of the film when it when we get to the part where things start to get a little bit more real for him. And I feel like in at some point in all of our lives, things can get so crazy and things can get out of control sometimes. But I also feel like there's a lot of times in our life where things can get a little cathartic. And I mm-hmm. think in those moments, you really get to find out what kind of person you really are. And I feel like we got to see that with this character and Jude Law sold, sold that for me fantastically well. So that to me was intriguing. That to me was very interesting. So Jude Law's performance and that character and the third act of this film, uh, to me, made up for for what was lacking in it. Uh, so I, I give it an A minus. I, I really enjoyed it. Perhaps that's a little more gracious than really what it should be. But uh, for me, I just I had a blast with it with with those certain elements and the music as we mentioned. So. Anyway, I have a full review of this up on our website that you can go and check out at InCessionFilm.com. Please let us know if you agree or disagree with our takes. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash InCessionFilm. You can tweet us at InCessionFilm or hit us up on Google+. Or you can also see our review for this on Letterboxd as well. So uh, either way, get a hold of us. Uh, if you disagree or agree with Matthew on his takes, how can people <laughs> find you again? Once again, Matthew. All right, uh, like you said, J.D., uh, we, we also have a short review of Dom Hemingway on our site. Uh, you can find that review at uh, simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. It should be the uh, top review right now since it's the most recent. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, like I said before, facebook.com backslash simplisticreviews. At Twitter, uh, at srblogspot. You can find uh, videos on uh, YouTube, uh, youtube.com backslash simplisticreviews. We just started a new series of... Uh, trailer, kind of like uh, pseudo trailer reviews, I guess you could say. Uh, we're we're dubbing it simplistic sneak peeks. We're doing that yeah. on a weekly basis with the uh, newest trailers that come out every week. Uh, and you can also email us if you have hate mail, love mail, what kind of whatever mail, spam mail, whatever you want to send us. That's a uh, simplistic reviews blogspot at uh, gmail dot com, and uh, that's pretty much it. That's how you can yeah. contact us uh, every single every single way. Yeah, definitely. Oh, the main, oh, also, Letterbox. We're in Letterbox as well. Uh, simplistic reviews at Letterbox. Very nice. Definitely go and check out their stuff. Uh, check out their podcast for sure. It's incredibly entertaining. Uh, these guys were also on. I, I just mentioned it a short bit ago, but uh, Matthew and his co-host DJ were also on uh, for our Noah review on our on our main show a few weeks ago. So you can also go and check that out as well. Uh, thanks again, Matthew, for joining me. Really, really appreciate it. 
Thank you for having me, JD. I'm glad we can talk about Dom Hemingway. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned. Coming up next, Matt from Silver Screen Riot is going to join me, and we are going to review David Gordon Green's new film, Joe, starring Nick Cage and Ty Sheridan. So I look forward to getting into that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your mother died night you were born. Her name you never Love way, love way, nothing to lose. Left East Tennessee at 14, wandered to the West. Love way, love way, born into death. You fought sailors, no You worked the flatboats, walked the streets You hit McDonald's in 49 And then you saw the devil the very first time You're listening to the In Session Film Podcast Extra Film Segment. Matt, I thought my family had its issues, but then I saw David Gordon Green's Joe. Yeah, they've got some deep-seated problems going on in that family, huh? Gary, why do you stick around like this? You're old enough, smart enough, do your own thing. What's most important right now is me um, taking care of Dorothy and Mama. Because we kind of got a family problem right now. Hey there. Hey now. Don't talk much, does she? She don't talk at all. What do you mean? I don't know. Nobody knows. She just stopped one day. I mean, she used to would, but... All right, Matt. Well, before we get into the review, since you're just joining us on this extra film segment, one, thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Always glad to join an extra film segment. Absolutely. Well, listeners, if if they've been listening to us for a little while, they'll probably recognize your voice as you've been, especially over the last couple months, been featured on the main show and definitely on these extra film segments for sure. But in case there is someone who is new and hasn't heard your voice before, tell us where they can find your stuff and where they can find you on the Internet. All right, world, worldwide listeners of... JD's very, very cool in session <laughs> film podcast. Um, I'm Matt Oaks. I write for uh, Silver Screen Riot. You can check us out at silverscreenriot.com or, you know, it's on Facebook and Twitter, and that's about it. I should just make a YouTube channel where I just like sit here and record my whole day. <laughs> it's like an endurance test for people. Like, oh, how long can you watch me? Like sure. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like it's like the fifth estate. How long can you watch people type? It the, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I hated that movie. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here, and we are going to discuss Joe, directed by David Gordon Green, and stars Nicolas Cage, Ty Sheridan, Gary Poulter, and a few other people as well. Uh, and as we mentioned setting up this clip, there is a great deal of family drama here and other issues that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. But 
Uh, up front, Matt, let me ask you, overall, what did you think about David Goren Green's show? So I'm very divided on this one. Um, there are elements of it that I liked very, very much. Um, I thought sure. from a cinematography standpoint, uh, the film looked beautiful. I thought it was a really kind of uh, interesting way to kind of dive into subcultures of Bible Belt, Missa Anna, Texas, wherever sure. it was. Um, yeah. However, I thought that in the scripting department and Gordon Green's approach to the film was just unrelenting in just how dour and how dark it was. And I mean, you'll, you'll probably see that's a similar theme for a lot of kind of my approach to movies of this nature. But sure. I, I feel like it gets to a point where if everything is just the worst, then the stuff that is the worst doesn't, read like that like you lose a little bit of the impact when everyone is just the worst person in the world and i think that uh this film definitely runs into a case of just so many people who are the worst people in the world um however there's some great performances nicholas cage is is fantastic in the role it's the best thing he's done for a couple years and ty sheridan is He's really an up and comer. He's he's been great, and sure. uh, he was great in Mud, sure. and he's great in this as well. And there's some uh, some interesting choice. I think it's a bold movie, but again, I would have liked him to have backed off from a little bit of like the oh my god, like look how depressing it is. Everything's so depressing. White sure. people have it so hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can I, I can feel you on that. I think. What I love about this movie is I love seeing David Gordon Green go in a different direction than what we've seen with some of his like mainstream comedies and stuff like that. I really liked his film Prince Avalanche last year. I thought it was a, a, a really great step in the right direction for him. I That's seeing- funny because I'm going to cut you off right there because I hated that movie. Oh, see- I, absolutely, I, I couldn't stand it. I gave it an F. I wanted to walk out of the theater I oh. saw it at um, the Sith Film Festival, but yeah, it's it's funny that I, a lot of people liked it. I was kind of in the majority minority on uh, sure. just liking that one, but I like this one quite a bit more. Yeah, about. well, not surprisingly, we will disagree on that one, but I really liked it. I thought what he did there was just a way better step in than what we've seen with his comedies, which I I, I just don't care for any of them, but. Here, I like what he's doing in terms of the aesthetic, which you kind of talked about. A lot of people have been comparing this film to Mud, which in terms of tone and the aesthetic, it's very, very similar. And I think one of the first things you're going to notice is that the film does have these really dark undertones, right? I mean, the first scene of the movie, we see Ty Sheridan with his dad in the movie, uh, which was played by Gary Poulter, which is an incredible thing in itself. Uh, which uh, we can get in that here in a second, but right away we see that this relationship is very disturbed. It's not very healthy. We see that by the dad being hammered mm-hmm. and then yeah. punching the crap out of his kid's kid. face. Yeah. So right away that tone is set of, okay, well, this is the kind of territory that we're heading into. And and you're right, David Gorn Green does not pull back from that at all. In fact, if anything, it just gets more intense as the story progresses. 
But I did love the performances here. I thought they were fantastic. I, I really like Nicolas Cage. Love Ty Sheridan, as you were talking about. One thing, though, that I'd mentioned that is uh, that I really would love to get your thoughts on is Gary Poulter in this movie just completely blew me away as this character, as he's playing Ty Sheridan's dad in this movie. He is a non-professional actor. He was basically a homeless man pulled off of the streets of Austin, Texas, which is where most of this film takes place is right around Austin. And you can't you would never have guessed that in a million years, at least in my opinion. I thought he was phenomenal. And you would think that he'd been doing this for years. I, I just was so blown away when I found that out. He was. Wow. Really I great. actually did not know that. So that's a really interesting tidbit because he knowing that 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 really makes the role more interesting in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's he's great. I mean, the the performances are not what stand in the way of this being like a really, really solid film. It's it's the fact that, you know, to take for one, like he's so he plays the dad who's an alcoholic. And yeah, there's just a scene where he just randomly murks someone like (laughs) he just kills a dude for like half a bottle of rosé. Like like, it just gets to the point where you're just just like, oh, come on. Like really? See, I really? think I think what's what I liked about that is, well, I maybe like is a strong word actually for this, but I, <laughs> what, what I, I loved about <laughs> what I appreciate what I appreciate about that scene though is that we really get an understanding of just how messed up that character is. I mean, like I said, he's he's a drunk, he's an alcoholic, he'll do anything to get it, even when he sees this poor homeless man just kind of walking down the street with this bottle of wine. And he was going to do anything to get it. And I think we just kind of get to understand just really where he's at. And we see that with other scenes as well, where he beats up Ty Sheridan's character several different times over. And it definitely enhances just those dark tones of this film that you know is just going to drive more and more to this inevitable bitter end, right? I mean, that's mostly where this film goes. But I feel like it explores that kind of father-son relationship mixed with the alcoholism and having no money, I thought it did that extremely well. And while I didn't necessarily grow up with a dad like that, some of the aesthetic... <laughs> I'm assuming most people did Most Well, I know, actually, I know quite a few people that unfortunately have been through this, but in terms of their lifestyle, I mean, I've been in some of those circles a little bit. And so to kind of see that portrayed the way they did, to me, I found that a little compelling. Even though it was dark, it was at least engaging for me. I was able to at least kind of stick with what Gordon Green was doing, even though it was pretty dark. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, like I, I actually, I would give the film a thumbs up. It's more in the affirmative than the negative for me. Sure. Um, But Again, kind of just to hammer home this point, what held it back, I think, was uh, a willingness to go places too often. Sure. um, To go to those dark places. And had that kind of been held back a little bit, then I think it would have had more of an impact. I think the problem is, like, if you see a picture of rape and murder, you're going to go, oh, my God, that's like the worst thing ever. But then if it's shown to you again, five minutes later, you're going to go, oh, yeah, like that's still terrible. And then again and again and again, there's just um, a factor of diminishing return going on where you're becoming desensitized 
to kind of just how awful everything was. Well, and that, that was kind of my feeling on the film in general. They do have really strong moments. However, I feel like they would have been stronger had, had it been um, more varied in terms of the tone of kind of this sure. decrepit town. As no, it were. Yeah. I mean, Gort Green doesn't really let up, you know, as we were kind of touching on. I think it just, for me, it just kind of depends on what you want to grasp onto because many films feature characters that are unlikable. I mean, that's a lot of The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I mean, heck, I mean, I've, I've been binge watching House of Cards to try to get caught up on that. And that whole show is all about people in corruption and doing terrible things to one another. And so I, I think for me, while that's something that's been done a million times over, it's it's what can you grasp, what part of it in that, in that you can grab onto to either like the movie or at least get you through it. And for me, I think it was exploring just kind of the father-son relationships here. And we get really two major ones, not only mm. with Ty Sheridan and his real dad. Biological, yeah. Yeah, biological dad. But then we get Nick Cage's character in here, who is essentially his boss, but really starts to become the father figure that he's really searching for and that he's wanting for. And that is a theme that I really grasped to pretty hard. And so I think when I was watching that kind of unfold, and even though Nick Cage is not necessarily the best of role models, and, and I think you kind of touched on it as, you know, he's out you know, drinking and driving and he's whoring around <laughs> at these different whorehouses and whatnot. And while he's not the best of role models, he's still something that Ty Sheridan's character is wanting to reach out to. And more importantly, Nick Cage is wanting to be that person to Ty Sheridan. He's not doing these things in front of him necessarily, but he knows that what he has at home isn't good enough. And so that yeah. kind of contrast to me was interesting. Yeah, and I think that that is one of the strongest parts of the movie. Um, I did kind of understand what you said I, I briefly read your review where you said that yeah. kind of the setup between the two of them is forced and i do i do buy that however what develops between them is you know undoubtedly the strongest um emotional connection we feel to the movie because yes as you said he is not um a traditional role model but yeah i don't where is this town supposed to be by the way like where are we here? Uh, it's a little outside Austin, Texas, is my understanding of it. I know okay. a lot of the filming took place in Austin. It just seems like the worst place you could possibly grow up. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like it's somewhere you want to be. That's for sure. No, it's just like every road is made of dust and everyone is either an alcoholic or a rapist or a hobo. Sure. Um, <laughs> but on the on the flip side of that, though, you and I, I think, grew up in, or at least we kind of have more pull to bigger cities. I know you live in Seattle. I mean, I live in Lexington. And so these are not necessarily rural areas. I mean, I know sure. lots of people, I have lots of family in like the deep part of Mississippi who are very much this. And this is the kind of stuff that they're drawn to. They love the small town feel and things like that. So I don't want to necessarily separate myself from them because I, I can understand that. I mean, this is just some how some people live their life. Uh, yeah, I don't think that the issue is with the small town feel so much as the people who do populate it. Sure. Yeah. I don't yeah. think and that is the and thing. I You're think right. it's presumptuous to say that, oh, like 
oh, it's a small town. It's not a big city. Like, what else are you going to do? You're going to get on your four-wheeler. You're going to go on a rape <laughs> cruise. Like, <laughs> Sure. No. <laughs> it's, it, you're right. It's, it's really the same themes that you can have from terrible people in Washington, D.C. to people doing the exact same things just in a different format in the Deep South. I mean, that's pretty much all that's happening here. Because you're right. It is about the people doing these things. That's not necessarily the setting. And that, to me, I think is where people will probably lose themselves within this story, which I do think is a little bit slow. I wish that it would have been edited a little bit different to kind of help with the pacing, because I do think the middle of the movie is a little bit muddled. And, yeah, sags. Yeah, and so I think it kind of loses its focus a little bit. And that's kind of my my main gripe with the movie is I, I feel like they could have just made it a little bit more crisp and a little bit more sharper. But I think the performances were able to kind of pull me through, even through all the bleakness of the film. Yep. And the final third act of the film, it, it crystallizes in a way that will either pull people completely out of the movie or I think will engage them. I don't think there's really a whole lot of room for middle ground because, like you're saying, there's some really, really terrible things that are happening there. Um. Also... I was going to say that um, the the moment where Joe finally has a confrontation with whatever Ty Sheridan's character's name is, uh, his father, when he mm-hmm. uh, when mm-hmm. he asks him for a light, that is that's my favorite scene of that. Movie. Yeah, oh sure. I, that's just um, talk about good acting. That's that's just the the highlight in terms of uh, a performance aspect for that film like oh, there's sure. just so much tension just built into that scene oh, and yeah. yet like I, I wish there had been more moments like that oh yeah comp- because i feel like the film really lends itself to moments like that and yet um they were a little more few and far between than i would have hoped for there was a little too much time spent on joe's um love affair that didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Ty sure. Sheridan's, I thought pretty much all of his stuff um, was interesting. Um, the character played by uh, Ronnie Belvins, who, oh my God, I thought for the whole time that was Peter Sarsgaard. They look exactly the same. <laughs> sure. They look so similar. But he was, he was good. I would have liked to see more of him as kind of the... Uh, the the villain of it but and by the end there's there's kind of so many villains that sure. it's almost like a superhero movie that that divides itself between having too many antagonists too many super villains and then so yeah one isn't really focused enough i kind of would have liked to see um either more of ronnie belvin's character or more of the father and just sure. get that uh get that whole love story out of there because that doesn't I guess it's not a love story. That's kind of the sure. wrong word for it. But Well, and I think going back to what you're saying about the villains, I think that's one of the more compelling things about the movie. And while the script does lose its focus for sure, really at the end of it, Ty Sheridan's pretty much the only character you're rooting for besides some other small supporting characters, I guess. But out of the main ones that they explore, including Nick Cage's character, you know, a lot of them are just very unlikable with a lot of the things that they're doing. And so while they're exploring all of these villains, you can say, I do think that by the end, you're really, you're rooting for the one character that you really want to root for. And mm-hmm. I think Nick Cage does bring some redemption to his character that I, that I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, I kind of liked the way that it ended. I think for me, 
that really crystallized in a way that I was I was fully able to to to, to really ratch onto, and especially with that kind of scene on the bridge, especially as Gary Poulter's character, as the way that kind of finishes out and whatnot. Those last few moments for me really worked. Uh, for I think with where their story was going, it wasn't necessarily surprising. I think you kind of knew it was kind of no, heading in that yeah. direction, but it's definitely yeah, you can kind of see it from a mile out. But that's okay. All right. Well, any final thoughts? And what grade would you give Joe? Um. So all in all, I think it's a solid film. I wouldn't say that people necessarily need to to flood out to theaters to see it. I think it probably would work just as well at home. But it's definitely worth a watch. Sure. It's got some really good performances. There's definitely enough good to outweigh um, some of the the not so good elements about it. So I gave it a C plus because I I thought it was um, was better than your average movie. But uh, still had a little bit of narrative issues here and there. Yeah, you're right. There, there definitely are some narrative issues. I was able to forgive that, though. I think the what I loved about this movie, I think, far outweighed the negatives for me. Uh, I know we didn't really touch on Nicolas Cage a ton, just on him, but I think what he was able to do in this role is just some of the best acting we've seen from him in quite a long time. And I would love to see him pursue more roles like this or at least characters where his strengths are really able to come out, which definitely mm. happens in this movie. And so I think he was great. I loved his chemistry with Ty Sheridan. I thought it was really fantastic. There's one sequence in the middle of the film where they're just kind of spending a lot of time together and kind of getting to know each other, and I really enjoyed that quite a bit. I do think the story is pretty powerful, uh, even though it's it's pretty dark and bleak. Like I said, I love the father-son themes that are explored here. I had a good time with it. Uh, and like I said, I was pretty pretty blown away by Gary Poulter. That's just such an interesting thing from a non-actor. I mean, what he was able to to pull out was just really, really quite interesting. So, uh, yeah, I had, I had a really good time with this. I actually gave the movie a B. There was a lot for me that I really, really enjoyed about this film, but you have to really forgive the bleak tones and some of the, the pacing issues in the middle is, well, it could, could take some people out. But like you said, I don't think you have to rush out to theaters, but I think at some point it's definitely worth watching, mm-hmm. if not for the performances themselves. Uh, I also thought it was kind of interesting because, like I said, a lot of people were comparing this movie to Mud, which Ty Sheridan is in, of course, with Matthew McConaughey. And in that movie, it's a lot of... Ty Sheridan kind of reaching out to Matthew McConaughey's character and some pretty compelling ways. And I feel like this was just kind of the reverse flip of that, where he's a lot more of the vulnerable character and him reaching out to Nicolas Cage for help. Uh, I kind of like that contrast when you're comparing those two movies anyway, which is what I've seen a lot of people do on the internet and on Twitter and yeah. whatnot. So they're definitely similar, like kind of backcountry. Uh, it's like this new area of of southern indie dramas that have sure. kind of yeah. reached a new pinnacle of uh, kind of critical acclaim and sure. popularity. However, I think Mud is a substantially better movie. Oh, I, w- I would agree with that. I do think as an overall package, Mud is is definitely better. That is for sure. So. Uh, I also think there, the score here, I think, was was pretty decent as well. I think it kind of helps deliver those 
it, the kind of mystery and just kind of the bleak feeling that we get throughout a lot of this a lot of this movie. So I know a lot of people will probably be asking me about that because that's the thing that I talk about all the time. But uh, but anyway, it's it's actually a, a pretty decent musical score. I actually really enjoyed it. But uh, anyway, we do have a full review of this up on the website done by our other writer James Shaw. You can go check out at incessionfilm.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, again, hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter, or you can email us in sessionfilm at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you thought of David Goring Green's Joe, so hit us up. Uh, and if you agree or disagree with Matt, Matt, tell us once again how people can get a hold of you. Um, well, if you disagree with me, you're probably um, wrong, but <laughs> that's okay. No, I actually, I, I love disagreeing with people for, sure. for the most part. I think I brought this up to you when we were talking last week. Like yeah. I am, I'm usually kind of on the opposite spectrum of, um, general opinions. Um, sure. but that's okay. I like, I mean, for me, like finding, uh, sessing out like what you like about a movie and what you didn't like is half yeah. the fun of it. So I agree. You know, yeah. Dissenting opinions, bring them on. Um, but yeah, you can find me on, on, uh, Facebook. What is it? Uh, silverscreenriot.com, uh, facebook.com slash silverscreenriot.com. Don't actually do the dot. You spell out dot. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then it's the same thing on Twitter, Twitter slash SSR.com. Yeah. So check me out. Come follow link yes. me, share me, use me, abuse me. Yep. Take advantage uh, of Matt online. Well, yeah, just, just like Joe. <laughs> just like Joe. Joe me. <laughs> there you go. Joe me. Uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely check him out. Uh, and yes. He's got some really great reviews up there. I uh, actually just went and read your review for Transcendence last night, mm. which you have a, a, a nice review up as well. So definitely go to silverscreenwrite.com. Uh, and you can connect up with Matt there. He has links to all, to all these different things that he was just referencing as well. So uh, thanks again for being here, Matt. Truly appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, man. You know, love to hop on and pod my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I want to say another uh, thank you to Matthew from Simplistic Reviews for joining me on the first half of this show uh, discussing Dom Hemingway's. Be sure and go check out uh, all their stuff as well. Uh, and that'll do it for this week's Extra Film Podcast. Stay tuned this weekend on our main show on episode 61. We're going to be reviewing Transcendence as well as uh, the new small film Enemy starring Jake Gyllenhaal. So oh. be on the lookout for that. It should be pretty fun. I'm still trying <laughs> so to figure good. out what Enemy is all about. So See Enemy, uh, not Transcendence. <laughs> I, well, I would more or less agree with that, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, stay tuned for all of that. And thanks again for listening, everyone. And we'll see you guys next time on the Incession Film Podcast.
what you hear is what you get from us. It's uh, simple reviews of uh, movie t- movies, TVs, and uh, movies and TVs. What? Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It, it's ten thirty. I'm a little like out of it right now. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Film and t- and television. How about that? There you go. Yeah, sense. television. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.